0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Beautiful Behavior podcast. I am your host, Diane Sorensen, certified life coach, hypnotherapy practitioner, mother, grandmother, and human fascinated with behavior and how to live our best life. My goal is to offer you another perspective, to see behavior in ourselves, our children, and others from another angle. This podcast is for anyone who wants to feel more connected in their relationships. It's for anyone who feels the pull for something more. It's for parents and those who are not. This podcast is for anyone who wants to take a deeper look. Because this is where we talk about breaking generational patterns and outdated cultural beliefs, cultivating deeper connections in our life and leading our life with more confidence and clarity. And I believe that's when beautiful behavior comes into focus. You can learn more about my process, me, and the three different ways in which beautiful behavior could come into focus for you at my website at diane.sorensen.net. That's D-I-A-N-E-S-O-R-E-N-S-E-N.net. Okay, listeners, let's go. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Beautiful Behavior Podcast. And excuse me, today I have with me a very special guest and friend who I got to know <clears throat> Sorry if something is going on with my throat here all of a sudden now that I press record. Um, a dear friend who I have met in the, you know, personal development arena, um, we first met when we were went to a retreat um, together. or we went to a retreat and we were both there. Uh, and that's where we first got to know each other. And then we just kind of, you know, kept talking a little bit. Um, So I am thrilled to have you here. Megan, Megan Rumpel is the guest today and she just has so much wisdom to share, so much experience to share and we were talking before I hit record, and then I'm like, okay, we just need to stop talking and hit record and capture all of this. Um, so welcome, Megan. And
1: you. can you tell
0: the audience a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I'm, I'm always excited to chat with you. I feel just like this, like sense of peace whenever I'm in your presence, whether it's like, virtual or in person, like from the moment we met. So um, yes, I just, I love and appreciate you. And um, yeah, my name is Megan. I am a wife. I'm a mom of four. I'm a registered nurse and I'm also an online health and wellness coach. And I always say that I help people go from who they are to who they want to be. And the reason why I'm able to do that is because I've done it myself. I have really transformed my life over the past eight years or so, all because I was willing to face things in my life that I was not okay with. And I was willing to do the work and, um, I was willing to grow through, hard times, instead of always sort of feeling like victim. Mm,
0: Yeah. So you became the creator, right? Which is opposite of the victim. When you think about the drama roles and the empowerment roles, which I work with a lot, the creator is the opposite of the victim. And you stepped into creating the life that you wanted to have. And one of the things that I love so much about you Megan is your willingness or ability to be vulnerable. And it's very vulnerable to with what you were saying that you had the willingness to create something different, to look at the places in your life that weren't working so well. And really tell your truth, tell yourself the truth about them. Yes. And I remember at that retreat that we met at, I remember you saying, do I even like my kids? And that was so huge because I think so many of us have had that in the back of our mind, or somewhere within us. And it felt so um, shameful that I mean, that wasn't even something that came to the front of my, my mind. I mean, you know, I it was there when you said it, I knew it was there. Um, but it wasn't something that I could have expressed in your willingness to express that, I was like, whoa, yes, that's it. And then we were able to move forward to, to, it's not that I don't like my kids. I don't like the way I feel when I'm with my kids. So can you tell us a little bit about that journey?
1: Yeah. And I mean, just specifically on that retreat, when I sort of had that moment and that real honesty with myself, I went from this thought of, do I even like my kids? Like, I know I love them, but do I even like my kids? And by the end of that retreat, I had come to like a full realization of the truth. And I think that when we are willing to be completely honest with ourselves, about how we're feeling about something, the solution and the answer we're looking for is right there. Mm -hmm. But we can't find that answer and we can't come to the conclusion that we want to, or that's the truth without being vulnerable and without being willing to admit those things. So it would have taken me, I mean, I still maybe would be on that journey to figure out if I like my kids, if I was like sugarcoating in it and like, no, no, I do, I do like them, but still feeling this very unhappy feeling with them and feeling very unsettled. And so once I was able to be honest about how I feel, then the answer and the solution was right there. Within like, Mm -hmm. I think hours, I was able to come to that aha moment. And I remember sharing it with you all and being like, oh my gosh, it's not that I don't like them, It's, I don't like how I feel when I'm with them. And so it had nothing to do with them. It had to do with me looking in the mirror and realizing like the problem is me, the problem isn't them at all. And, you know, when we're sitting there yelling at our kids to stop yelling and yelling at our kids to stop being disrespectful and um, telling our kids, you know, start listening to me when we're not actually listening to them. It's not them that are having the issue, it's actually us. And when we're able to take full responsibility for that, that's when we can kind of move through that. And for me, that whole thing was the beginning of my growth journey. That really is where it all started because I was willing to be honest with how I felt and where I was at in life.
0: Mm, Yeah. Wow. So what I'm hearing Is in order to create the life that you really want to live and feel the way you want to feel, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and to tell ourselves the truth. And I love what you said about once we are able to tell ourselves the truth. The solution is there. So it's mm-hmm. not like the solution is out there somewhere and I just need to figure out where it is and the right one. Um, it's actually within us. We have our own solutions um, mm-hmm. when we're willing to be vulnerable, tell ourselves the truth and take ownership. And so yeah. with that, taking ownership, ownership of our own truth, taking ownership of changes or the life that we want to have really is the opposite to me of trying to get other people to be a certain way, like, right, trying to get our kids to do X, Y, Z, or this comes up a lot, trying to get my partner to see it my way, trying to get my partner on board with all of my self-development stuff or, you know, cause that's the right way. So can you, I know that you also have a journey, um, of your partner and, the changes that your partner has made and how did that happen. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, how much time do we have? No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But I mean, it's 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 really just so interesting. And I think talking with you is making me realize how full circle all of this is because like I said, that that retreat where I realized, okay, I I do in fact like my kids. It's I don't like how I feel when I with them. And so then that's something I could work on. I could work on, okay, why is it that I don't feel good when I'm with them? Well, it's because I don't feel connected to them. Okay, well, how do I feel? How do I learn how to be connected with them? Well, that's just like a whole journey into like conscious parenting that I did for, well, I mean, I'm still doing it, but I really like heavily put my focus into that for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I got myself to this place where I felt really good in parenting. I felt really connected to my children. I felt like I loved them and enjoyed them. And yes, they still drove me crazy and they they didn't change. They didn't change at all, but I changed. And I don't want anybody to think that I became the perfect parent because no, I still lost my mind and, you know, yelled when I shouldn't have and overreacted and all of that and still do Uh, because we don't want perfection. Perfection is a barrier
0: to all of this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and really- I,
0: I love this Megan, because this fits exactly right in to what I'm creating here with moving from controlling others to connecting. And then you, mm-hmm. you hit it right on the head right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, none of this happens overnight. And so really my focus for a couple of years was on My children and creating connection and, and understanding what triggers me and why. And I really did a lot of inner work on myself. And now the interesting thing is that anybody on the outside wouldn't realize anything was different. Like nobody came up to me and said, gosh, your parenting, like you must've been working on your parenting really hard the last couple of years, Megan, like no one noticed. So it's like an inside thing. And And that to me is so much more important than what it looks like on the outside. Right. So inside as a parent, I felt so much better. I felt really, really connected. And I'm a person who is like, when I focus on one thing, I focus on it and I get it to a place where I feel really good. And then I can focus on something else. You know, I've done this with my, my Mm -hmm. fitness and my nutrition and other areas of my life, even like decluttering in my home I, I focus on one area get that you know to a good place and then move on and so, so for me can I oh, sorry. ask you
0: something here yeah.
1: so do you think the areas that you focused on
0: were the areas that were weighing you down the most or that you were the most unhappy in or I don't know if that's the right word
1: um it probably felt like the the biggest like it probably felt the heaviest but also one of the more uh easier ones to focus on I guess like um okay so
0: because first it was your health and fitness right or wellness
1: yeah yeah really I focused um you know my changes all began with just eating healthy working out and um, becoming part of like a community that does prioritize health and fitness, and that became my online business. And you know, from there, I think once you start eating healthy and working out, and you start feeling good, and then it was like, okay, my mindset. Where's my mindset at? Everything else feels good, but my mindset's not right. And that kind of led me to being more aware. And then I became aware of my relationship with my children. Um, so that was like an area that I poured into and got it to a place where it felt, it felt really good. And, you know, then, and then I kind of looked around and realized like, okay, like I feel, I feel really good. I feel good in my own health, my own wellness, my, my mindset's good. My relationship with my children's really good. My business is going well, everything felt pretty good and high level and high vibration in my life except for my marriage. My marriage was this one piece.
0: Okay. So what I'm hearing you say is the areas you focused on were areas that you didn't feel good in. And then once you felt good in them, you became more aware of where you didn't feel good in other areas of your life. Okay, great.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It was like when I started the parenting thing, I thought that was really, well, no, I guess when I started like, working on my own health, just just mm-hmm. like physical movement and eating healthy. I thought that was the big area. And then once I got that under control, then it was like, oh, whoa, my parenting. And then when I got that under control, it's like, oh, whoa, my marriage. Like So you start sort of unlocking these other doors in your life that you're like, oh, this doesn't feel good. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That is growth. And that is what we're here to do. We shouldn't just like sail through life with everything feeling great. Cause I think then you're lying to yourself and you're never, you're just kind of living mediocre in my opinion, cause you're not willing to look at the areas of your life that could get better. I could have just stayed the same. There was nothing awful happening in my world. It was fine but I wanted to up level. Mm -hmm. And I knew that in order to do that, I had to really look at the places that weren't thriving in my life. And that takes a lot of courage to do. Yeah.
0: And so you were, I mean, I think that, that those more undesired feelings really serve for signage, right? That, hmm, you know, maybe you could shift some things in this area to uh, feel more in alignment with how I really want to feel and, and in alignment with what's true for me. So yeah. tell us about the journey in your marriage, if if you're willing to do that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm an open book. So, um, you know, I had been doing a lot of inner work on myself and a lot of personal development. Like I was pouring into my own personal growth because I knew it was making me better. And I knew it was helping my children. And the one area that I just was not feeling like at eight out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 in was my marriage. And I for years was trying to create connection with my husband, just just trying to feel connected to him. I felt like he was in a, like walls up in a box. Um, You know, we had a loving marriage, but I was craving more. And he would get frustrated with me actually saying like, Megan, there's nothing wrong. Like why, he always said I was trying to make a problem, right? Like why are you always trying to create a problem? Everything's fine. But I guess I just had um, like a high benchmark, I knew how my other areas of my life had grown from it's, they're, they're fine. And by pouring into them, I knew that they got better and life got like way more enjoyable. And I wanted to do the same with my marriage, but he didn't see that there was anything wrong. A mediocre marriage was fine. And, you know, feeling disconnected was fine. It wasn't fine for me. But I also couldn't force that on him. And there was, um, you know, just a lot of uh, unhealthy habits with my husband. He was a drinker and loved to drink and was drinking daily. And now he will call himself a functioning alcoholic. But certainly at the time, he didn't have a problem, quote unquote, he didn't have a problem. Um, You know, there was nothing wrong with how much he was drinking and he liked drinking. So what's the big deal? He liked how he felt when he drank. And I would always say to him like, what are you trying to hide? Like, what are you avoiding by drinking? And of course that would get him very angry, but I was always very honest with what I was seeing so coming i would kind of i would try to be non judgmental about it but you know my observations are that you drink when you're happy you drink when you're sad you drink when it's cold out you drink when it's hot out like what are you avoiding what are you avoiding feeling and i would just call it like it is without trying to judge um and i did try to change him i won't pretend i didn't Um, I think we've probably all at some point tried to change our spouse. We know how that works. It doesn't work or it might work temporarily. Um, And he would sometimes have the conversation with me like, well, I'll cut back on my drinking then. If it's really that big of a deal, Megan, I'll cut back. And he would maybe cut back for a few days, but that wouldn't really last very long. And I found myself getting more and more angry and irritable with him when he was around me. And I hated feeling like that. I had the awareness to realize like, this is not how I want to feel, but also I wasn't going to walk away from our marriage because he's a great man. He's a great father. I love him. Um, And I guess I just subconsciously believed that he could be more and that he would eventually realize that even though if he probably asked me in that moment i would have said he'll never change this is who he is um but i continued to work on myself despite that one area not being good enough for me. I kept working on myself. I would go away to retreats. I poured into my personal growth and I kept getting myself like higher and higher vibration so that I could feel my absolute best because I thought, well, if I can't get my marriage to a place that feels really good, I'm going to get every other area of my life to a place that feels good, almost to like counter balance that. So I've tried very hard to not go down to his vibration to not allow myself to lower myself so that we could be at the same place I was okay with growing without him and I did have fear and I talked to women about this a lot like I had fear that I was going to outgrow him Mm -hmm. I did I, I didn't really voice that ever but I did have this fear of like what if I grow so much, he doesn't even recognize me anymore. And what if I grow so much that I don't want to be with that type of person anymore? And I wonder if maybe he was starting to feel that, um, but I don't really know. He's never actually said that to me, but I wonder if maybe subconsciously he was starting to feel that. Um, but the the important Part in this very long story is that we cannot change people. We cannot change them. But what we can do is we can lead them. Mm -hmm. We can do the work that needs to be done for ourselves. Because too often, women in a relationship like the one I was in are angry. And they're resentful and they're projecting on their spouse and they're trying to change him and they're they're miserable, and all the other areas of their life are affected affected negatively because of their marriage. And I refused to let him and his vibration affect me. Mm-hmm. And that was very hard to do some days. I can remember, you know, him coming home from work. And I would have had the best day, right? Like I, you know, was living the life I wanted to be living and feeling really good, except for my marriage. And I would feel like very high vibe. And then, you know, five or six o'clock at night, my husband would pull in the laneway and he would walk in the house and I would immediately feel myself go from this like happy, positive person to very irritable and low level and naggy within an instant, I would feel myself shift. And I would actually think to myself, why am I doing this? Why am I becoming this version of myself? I don't want to be her anymore. I was her for too long. Why am I doing this? And it was like, I couldn't help it. Right. So I had to work very hard to not do that. And cause that was on me. I would blame him then because I was now irritable and I was, he pissed me off and now my day is ruined and I'm angry. And now I'm going to yell at the kids at bedtime and I'm going to then go and eat ice cream on the couch because I feel sorry for myself. I was going to allow one person in my life to dictate how I was going to feel and show up. And I had to make the conscious decision that I will not allow that to happen. Right. Cause then you would have been the victim in all
0: of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you chose consciously, you were aware and in, intentionally chose to create what you wanted to create, create how you wanted to feel.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, now, now looking back, I can, I can reflect on how I used to sort of switch um, my like being when he, when I would be around him, and I would go from feeling really good to feeling irritable and resentful and angry, and now I can almost see that, that I was doing that because I actually didn't want him to see me happy. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't want him to see how I really was. In life, I didn't want him to see that I was doing well and happy and high vibe because I thought, well, if he sees me this way, he's going to think, oh, she's fine. I don't need to change. I don't need to do anything different. She doesn't care that I'm drinking all the time. She doesn't care that I, you know, come home late. She's happy. I don't need to change. So I thought that by being miserable and irritable and a nagging bitch to him, that that would maybe make him go, oh, my wife's unhappy. Maybe I should change. I can see that now. That is fascinating. Right?
0: That is fascinating. How subconsciously we, you know, these ideas and beliefs drive our life. And so yeah. that is in itself a manipulation, right? And that's right. a source is a way of control. Oh, if I yeah, if I show him how unhappy I am, he'll need to change. Oh, that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. So and it took me a very long time to to realize that. Like it's almost just been lately that I've been able to reflect on that and realize. That's why I was doing that. I did not want him to see me happy, even though I really was, mm-hmm. I really was happy yeah. and doing well in life, but I did not want him to know that. Yeah. And I think oftentimes, and maybe for different reasons, we
0: play small, right? So as not to look too big for to somebody else, or, um, you know, we don't want to look too happy if somebody else isn't happy or, you know, be too successful because we don't want somebody else to feel not successful. Um, so tell us how the changes occurred then with your husband, because he did quit drinking, right?
1: He did. I mean, yeah, our, our entire marriage is completely different and I never, would have imagined that it, it would be what it is now. I, I truly still some days cannot believe the changes that have happened in our family and with him and our marriage. Like it's, it's, it's very much a success story. And I realize that not everyone's marriage turns out that well, but what I always do say to people is, okay, maybe you're not going to have the outcome that I had. I will answer your question, but maybe you're not going to have the outcome I I had with my marriage becoming so much better because I did the inner work. But at least, if your marriage does fall apart, which I hope it doesn't, but if if your marriage does end up falling apart, at least you are at the best possible place that you can be in order to handle that.
0: Yes, and and also to receive in the relationship that you, that is really aligned with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, don't be afraid of outgrowing your spouse. You have to, like, you have to take those steps and he'll either meet you halfway or all the way or he won't, but that's his journey. That's Mm -hmm. not yours. Your journey is to keep going. You, you're separate humans. You're not like tied together, And, and hopefully your partner will rise up and meet you even a little bit. Like he doesn't have to come all the way up to your level, but even just a little bit can make a huge difference. Right. Because
0: healthy relationships, they're healthy relationships are open to each person growing. Right. Healthy relationships aren't about, um, you know, staying the same. Yeah. It's it's really about the openness for each person to, to grow. So how did that happen um, with you? How did each of you were able to grow into your truth?
1: Yeah. So first I had to learn how to create a boundary with him. So when, when he would come home and I would feel myself going into that person that I didn't want to become I had to work really hard at telling myself that I will not let his actions and behaviors affect how I feel so I had to practice that and I mean I'm telling you I did this for like months if not a year of of practicing this every day and I would have to reflect on it like oh my gosh like I let him get to me and I mean we still had a loving relationship like we did um, you know, no one would have known that, that things were not great, um, because they were, they, we were still functioning as a normal family. I think it's probably cause I had such high expectations. Um, but I kept doing my own work on myself. I knew right. that that was the only.
0: So the thing I want to point out here is that you created a boundary for yourself. Yeah. And it was that. Because I think oftentimes, and you know this because we've talked about this, that oftentimes we see boundaries as uh, a wall we're going to put up or as this, I'm going to tell you what you need to do or not do. Um, But you created the boundary, uh, how a boundary really is, which is what, based on how you want to feel and what you are willing or not willing to do. And so that's, good. Yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. It was like, like a, almost like an energy barrier. Like I would just like visualize myself in this little bubble and he could, you know, there'd be like things bouncing off of my barrier, like his, his anger, his unhappiness. Um, you know, if, if it was like, you know, he would go outside and have some drinks with friends and i would be in the house with all the kids trying to cook dinner and instead of letting that bother me i just had to like put that barrier up and be like i will keep moving forward in my life i will keep being the parent that my kids need and i will keep showing up for myself and and as soon as he would start drinking i would make that conscious decision that Okay, I don't, I don't need to associate with him tonight. Like I don't, I don't need to be around him. I I can put the kids to bed and I can get into bed with a book. Um, you know, I can go watch a movie, like I don't need to associate with him. So I really had gotten to this point where I sort of had disconnected myself from him when he was drinking Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. had to just really work hard at that because that is not an easy thing to do with a spouse who you still actually love and, and who, you know, loves you. Right. It, it wasn't like I was in this abusive relationship that I needed to get out of. It was like, no, we just gotta, we gotta work on things. Like we're not connecting. We're not communicating. And yeah. And so I- you, so you made a decision
0: to what the energy you wanted to be in. And you made a decision that I'm gonna stay in this energy and not receive yours, not put, you know, come down to where your energy is. I'm gonna stay in my energy. And then we're willing to uh do things or not do things um, that would honor that. That yeah. is exactly what a boundary is. <clears throat> so yeah. okay, take us forward. Yeah
1: yeah and you know i it probably i would say almost about a month a month or so before he made some drastic shifts in his life um things were i probably felt the most disconnected from him that month sort of leading up to his changes and i'm assuming he felt very disconnected from me as well and because i really just i really had disconnected myself from him. We were living under the same roof, but I was living my life with the kids and he was he was working and drinking. Mm-hmm. And and really that was like that was kind of it. And so
0: another thing I'm hearing here Megan and I think this is so profound. I mean it 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 um really shifts things when you Turned toward yourself and said, How am I feeling? How do I want to feel? And not allowing his drinking to um, make you crazy. And what I mean by that is, even if you felt had feelings about his drinking, you were willing to turn inward and work this out within yourself. And in that process, you also. Let him sit with his what he was doing. You weren't going. Oh my gosh, this is terrible, and you shouldn't do this, and beating him up over it. You were just letting him own it. You owned what was yours to own, and you let him own it. Own it. Yeah, that is a such a pivotal shift.
1: Yeah, and I I had to. I would I would tell myself almost daily. He's doing the best he can with the tools that he has. And I had to remind myself that I had done years of personal growth on myself. I had been to retreats. I had read books. I'd done personal development. I had hired coaches. I had immersed myself into becoming a better human. He hadn't done any of that. So he was doing the best that he could. He just didn't know any different. And his tools that he had were completely different than the tools that I had. Now, something that I also did too, is I, I was always very honest with him, which I know you always say that my honesty and vulnerability, but I, you know, I was the same way to him. Like I wasn't afraid to say what I thought. I, I never gave up on our marriage either like he would often say why are you why are you bringing this up megan what's the big deal everything's fine why do you keep making a big deal about this and i would always say to him because i know that things could be better i want a better marriage i want to feel more connected to you i want to um you know i want things to feel better i i would i would say to him like i think you do have a problem with drinking i think you're avoiding feeling something. I think that you are not being true to who you are. And I would say if you stopped drinking for even a week, I bet you would be shocked at what you actually saw when you looked in the mirror and what you felt, because you are just hiding, you are hiding and you need to be cracked open. And, you know, so nobody what to do
0: that. <laughs> yeah. And so here is you were able to do that I think because you weren't trying to take care of his feelings or you weren't trying to avoid his response, you were willing yeah. to say the truth and not manage his response to your truth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, so I, even though I had disconnected myself from him, I never gave up on him.
0: hmm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so and you were holding him as capable.
1: Yeah, like I, I was almost, I, I wanted to become his guiding light, with having zero attachment to whether he did or not. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't my journey. His outcome wasn't my responsibility. But I thought, well, I can at least open his eyes to the things he's not able to see. So then, did he decide? Did he just decide yeah so this is like it, it I mean, to me, it came out of nowhere, but likely, the seeds had been planted and were being watered and were growing for weeks, months. I have no idea how long, right? And he truthfully doesn't even really know either. He's not the best with like I mean, men just don't go into detail about their feelings much anyways, um. But what ended up happening was it was, it was right around Christmas time and, um, or sorry, new year's. And we were out that new year's Eve with the kids at like a house, little get together. And he had drank a lot. And again, once he started drinking, I wanted nothing to do with him. And so the kids and I, I think left the party early. I left him there. He is his own human. I'm not going to wait around. I went home and I, I, he was unhappy. Like he was not happy in his job. He was, you know, not, I mean, people drink because they're avoiding something. Well, he was definitely avoiding facing how how his life was and, and his happiness in his career. And it was not great. Um, the next day I actually was leaving for Costa Rica for a yoga retreat. And so I was leaving the kids with him and for a whole week. And the kids actually were really upset that I was going and didn't want to be left at home with their dad. And that like broke my heart, right? Like they, they didn't want to be at home with their dad. Like that's, that's not okay. And they all said to me, we don't, we don't want you to leave because we know dad's just going to be out in the garage drinking. And that was not okay with me. And I went to my husband and I I said, you need to realize that these kids don't want you, me to go because they know that you're going to be drinking. And he, and he told me, okay, fine. I, I won't, I won't go out to the garage when they're like at, at night when they're here. And I was like, okay, knowing that there's no way like he, he will drink for sure. Right. So I went, I went away very unsettling feelings, leaving your kids. You usually that happens, right? Like, are they going to be okay? Um, but I needed to do this for myself, right? Because my personal mental health was most important in my life and going on this yoga retreat was, was growth for me. So I needed to do it. And on about day three of that retreat, my husband, we had been chatting, you know, every day. And he said to me that night, I haven't had a drink since you left. And I was like, what and he said yeah you'll be proud of me and i was like blown away like i mean that's that was unheard of for him to have gone three days without drinking and and he said yeah um i think i've got some work to do on myself and he had never spoken like that before And so that kind of like started to like, I felt like just kind of like butterflies in my stomach, like, oh my gosh, like what's going on with him. And then the next day, same thing. Like he was actually now starting to struggle a little bit. Like he actually went through full alcohol withdrawal while I was in Costa Rica, while he was at home with four kids and we had gone back down into lockdown (laughs) for COVID outbreak. So the kids were (laughs) off school and he was at home with all of them literally going through alcohol withdrawal and he had to admit to the kids what was going on and my oldest had to like kind of help him and uh you know and I was in Costa Rica completely like helpless right and also kind of like shocked like is this actually happening and it it was like he hit rock bottom going through withdrawal and he completely cracked open and all i swear his whole lifetime of emotions came out and the realizations that he had and the things that he had done poorly and you know regrets and the way he had treated people and so much came out and it, it like crumbled him plus with the with the withdrawal symptoms he was at his lowest of lows and even when i got home He was still had a lot of symptoms and and it was really hard to watch, but also like, I mean, I was like on the other side of the door, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Like this is so healing and great. And what he said to me, which I think just speaks volumes to all of this is he said that he could feel the demons leaving his body Mm. as he was going through withdrawal and the, I mean, you can just visualize that, right? Like just, and, and, you know, the first month or so was very strange for both of us. Like we all kind of went back into lockdown. So now all of a sudden we're all at home, he's not working. And um, I ended up bringing COVID home from Costa Rica. So like we all were like, it just, everything happened. Right. But divine timing. And it was like getting to know a new version of my husband and true version also, yeah, the real version. And also it allowed me to really be who I am. Like it, it gave me the permission. Like I don't have to hide who I am anymore either. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, a, it was learning how to like, who each other are. And it was the most wonderful magical hard thing that we've ever gone through um was that first month and then I mean it's been now almost it'll be two years this January that he's been sober and just kept going his his I swear he's outgrowing me now in the personal development like I like am inspired by him it's it's crazy like it's this
0: is so beautiful this is so beautiful and this is what I mean by beautiful behavior that, Mm -hmm. you know, the behavior he was using wasn't necessarily beautiful, but it got you to this journey and this opening and that is what's beautiful. Whatever it takes, that's our catalyst for growth. It's so beautiful. And
1: I I had to go first. I had to do it first Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because we can't change people, but we can influence them. We can really, really influence them. And, you know, had I not, had I not ever done the inner work myself, he never would have had the opportunity. And we'd still just be kind of living in this mediocre marriage, having a mediocre life, right? Which is fine. We Mm -hmm. wouldn't have known any different. But, right. but I think the that- real I think what the real
0: learning here is too is that you did your own work, but not to change him. I mean, you yeah. know, because if we're doing our own work to get somebody else to change, I mean, that's a whole that's still we're still stuck in that control manipulation phase. So I think yeah, that. Your willingness to focus on yourself and be the best you can be was the, you know, you were the example, the model, um, for somebody else's journey. You yeah. give people permission to go through the messiness. So, yeah. I, I mean, I could talk to you forever. Again. Um. Thank you so much for coming on and you I think here you have shed so much light on you know so much of what we experience um as humans and this is your story but I know that so many of our listeners will resonate and see themselves somewhere in your story so Thank you so much for coming on and sharing this.
1: And
0: where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so honestly, if you're on Instagram, just come and um, say hello. Give me a follow at it's Megan Rumpel. I'm on Facebook as well, um, Megan Rumpel. I can give you the links. You can put them in the show notes. But yeah, really, Instagram is where, I mean, if you want real and vulnerable that's that's what I do podcast. over there. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yes, I have a podcast as well. It's called unlearning. And, you know, my podcast really is just a lot of just me showing up conversations, real life and um, just sharing sharing, you know, what, what I have been unlearning, um, which is a whole other conversation as well. And Diane's been a guest a couple of times there and, and lots of, lots of fun guests as well. So,
0: yeah. And I think your gift, Megan, is that you are so genuine and so relatable. So thank you for the work you're doing with yourself and in the world. Um, yeah. so thank all you right. for
1: having me was fun
0: yeah all right everybody um go follow megan and we'll see you get back here again next week thank you for tuning into the beautiful behavior podcast if you enjoyed today's show or previous shows i would so appreciate you subscribing and leaving a review i am so grateful for all of you listeners who are joining me here for these conversations because i believe it's through these type of conversations that we start to shift the paradigm creating a more loving and compassionate world i hope you will join me here each week as we discover new ways to show up in our lives and create a bigger impact and if you are ready to take this to the next level head on over to my website at dianesorenson.net. Again, that's dot net. Get on my calendar and see how you can be supported and if we're a good fit so that you can get out of survival and into thrival. Change is possible and I've got you.